The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game week 15 is in the books and it's a Friday deadline this week, 6.30pm UK time, which is 90 minutes before the Brentford-Watford game. On today's episode, I'm going to read through the game week 15 headlines, do a quick game week review, update the watch list, answer Twitter questions and discuss game week 16 captaincy and transfers. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount for new subscribers. The headlines from game week 15, West Ham produced another big performance against one of the title challengers beating Chelsea 3-2. Jared Bowen scored 11 points thanks to his goal and assist, while Michael Antonio got his first attack and return since game week 9. Mason Mount racked up 13 points with a goal and an assist to follow his 12-pointer in game week 14. Callum Wilson made a back-to-back nine-pointers, scoring the winner for Newcastle against Burnley for a much-needed three points for the Magpies. Neil Mopai scored another late, late equaliser for Brighton at Southampton. Liverpool also left it late to get their goal, snatching all three points at the death against Wolves thanks to substitute Devok Origi. Mohamed Salah provided the assist. Bernardo Silva bagged a brace in Man City's 3-1 win away to Watford to bring his tally to seven for the season. And he's the most transferred in player going into game week 16. Patrick Bamford returned from his injury layoff to score from the bench for Leeds against Brentford. Ivan Tony missed the game, having tested positive for COVID-19. Hyungman Son and Ben Davis were the big point scorers in Tottenham's 3-0 win over Norwich, scoring 13 and 15 respectively. Talk of a COVID outbreak at Tottenham this week, which could cause us issues at the end of the week when it comes to making our transfers. No details yet on which players have tested positive, but it could be five or six at least. Esri Konsa scored twice for Aston Villa for a huge 17-pointer in the 2-1 win against Leicester. Jamie Vardy started that game on the bench. And on Monday night, Damari Gray scored and provided the assist for his Charleston in Everton's 2-1 victory over Arsenal. There was no joy for Ramsdale owners this week. Shoutouts from the weekend. We have a new member to the 59th Minute Club. Welcome, Mason Holgate from Everton. Came off the bench for the injured Yeri Mina and didn't get the 60 minutes. So just one point for Mason Holgate. Welcome to the club. Notable mentions this week. Defenders, first of all, Marcus Alonso played just 71 minutes and is now yellow flagged ahead of the weekend. So we hopefully will get an update from Thomas Tuchel before the deadline on Alonso. At West Ham, couple of injuries in defence. Zuma, 70 minutes and Ben Johnson, 46 minutes. So both players look like they're going to miss a couple of games. Probably good news for Sufal, who has played the last two anyway. Tarek Lamptey, minutes continue to be managed. Just 62 minutes for Lamptey at the weekend. And regular owners at Tottenham, very unlucky. He got himself a yellow card, got himself injured, played just 21 minutes for a zero-pointer. And he was tweeting after the game saying, don't sell me in FPL, I'll be back in a few days. Midfielders, Sancho, 61 minutes. Havertz was taken off at half-time with a knock. 
and Corney at Burnley manages 31 minutes due to injury. And in terms of forwards, Benteke 65 minutes. So he continues to share game time with Odson Edward. So I think it's best to avoid both strikers now. Lukaku 45 minutes from the bench. He replaced Havertz at half time. So good to see Lukaku getting more minutes into his legs. And Jamie Vardy played 25 minutes from the bench. A quick review of game week 15. I saved my free transfer. I was happy with my squad. Came away with 54 points, which was very healthy. Green Arrow from 27k to 21k. So hopefully I can continue that momentum over the Christmas period. The good and the bad. The good, first of all, Hyungman Son with a 13-pointer. And I really hope he's not one of the players who's tested positive for COVID because he's playing really well. He's getting me points every week. And I was looking forward to having him for that Brighton fixture. So fingers crossed Son will be okay. And fingers crossed that fixture will go ahead. You know, if there's a lot of cases, Tottenham will probably ask to get the game postponed. So that could throw a spanner into our plans later this week. Captain Salah with 12, Mr. Reliable. Trent with 9. Rafinha with the assist to get 5. Antonio also got 5, who I got off the bench for Ivan Tony. So a nice auto-sub there. With Antonio coming in, the bad blanks for Ramsdale, Reese James and Alonso, Cancelo, Leveramento and Jota. So a few weeks ago it was the defenders were always in the good section. Last couple of game weeks they've been in the bad section. So a couple of questions later about maybe big at the back moving towards big in midfield. Jota in particular, very frustrating. Huge chance, two players on the line, somehow managed to hit it straight at Connor Cody. He had a decent headed chance as well, so not too worried about Jota. Just a three-pointer, but on another day, would have been 10+. plus. A watch list updates. Quite a few changes to the watch list this week. Players removed, first of all. Leandro Trossard picked up an injury, was stretchered off, but I don't think it's as serious as it looked. But he hasn't been delivering in recent game weeks. Anyway, I just find it very hard to buy a Brighton attacker. That goes for Mopai as well because they just don't score enough goals. James Madison had a very brief stay on the watch list. Added him last week, removed him this week because I think Harvey Barnes looked much better when it comes to Leicester midfielders. So I've removed Madison and I've added Harvey Barnes. Corney at Burnley is gone as well because of the injury. And Corney and Trossard were... On my watch list, but I don't think I was ever going to buy them. So the injuries are just an excuse for me to remove them now. And two more midfielders also removed. Smith-Rowe, again, injury-related. And Connor Gallagher has left the watch list for the first time. Just can't see myself buying players in midfield you know, around Gallagher or Smith-Rowe's price tag because I'm looking at the likes of Jared Bowen. I'm looking at the Man City midfielders. So I think my priorities are elsewhere. So Gallagher and Smith-Rowe, for that reason are no longer on my radar. Players added defenders, first of all. Dallow at Manchester United, just 4.4 million, has played 90 minutes in the last two games. was interesting to see Juan Basaka on the bench and Dallow in the starting 11. Dallow offers a lot more going forward than Juan Basaka does, but obviously Juan Basaka is a fantastic defender. If you could morph both players into one player, you would probably have one of the best right-backs in the world. So interesting to see if Dallow keeps his place. Question about him later, so I'll come back to it. Ben Davis on to the watch list as well at 4.4 million, two assists and a clean sheet. Sufal added also, has played the last two games. If Johnson's going to miss a few games, Sufal probably has the right wing back spot back to himself now. 
West Ham just a really good side. So I like Soufal as a cheap option. I think he's down to about 4.7 million. Another right back added this week is Matty Cash. Impressive eye test and stats at the weekend. And Aston Villa are a team on the up under Steven Gerrard. Three shots in the box for Cash and two chances created against Leicester. There was a couple of occasions as well where he was in very good positions. One in particular, Ollie Watkins took a shot on when he could have slid Cash in for another good chance. So Cash is looking good. Fixtures are a little bit tricky in the short term. They're a little bit mixed, but Cash is looking good when the fixtures are better. Also at Aston Villa, I've added John McGinn. Again, passed the eye test and created three chances in that game. Mason Mounts has had two huge game weeks, played 90 minutes in both. So he's back in my thoughts. Three goal attempts and four chances created in that West Ham game for Mason Mount. Brilliant volley. If you haven't seen it, go and have a look at that one. So hopefully Mason Mount starts a lot of games over this busy period. Harvey Barnes, who I mentioned, I think is the best Leicester midfielder, but I'm not in a rush to buy any Leicester players, to be honest. Phil Foden and Ilkay Gundogan are back on the watch list to join Bernardo Silva. Foden created four chances in that Watford game. Gundogan had three goal attempts and created three chances. So both players are really good options, as is Bernardo Silva. And there's a question on those three later as well. So I'll come back to that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Twitter questions now. Thanks as always for sending them in. There was something like 150 questions this week, so lots to talk about. The first one is from Mark Cram. In Ranić's first game, he started all of Sancho, Bruno, Rashford and Ronaldo, with the latter two playing up top together. How would you rank these four in FPL priority, considering Rashford as an out-of-position forward and Bruno slash Ronaldo's expensive price tags? How many should we get for Manchester United's great run? So I'm not in a huge rush to get Manchester United players, even though the fixtures are very, very good from this game week onwards, starting with Norwich. So I still think for me, at the moment, it's probably Ronaldo or nobody. I think with Diogo Dallo, I'd like to see him one more start before I can be confident of buying him because Juan Bissaka could come back in. I think we're all hoping as FPL managers that Dallo keeps his place at just 4.4 million. Ronaldo is the one I think I'd like to get most, but again, I still don't feel like we need a premium striker. There's lots, still lots of value in defence, lots of value in midfield. And I just still don't think these big strikers are providing great value, even though Ronaldo had a big game against Arsenal recently. You know, you're still probably going to captain Salah right up until the African Cup of Nations. So, again, I don't feel like you need any Manchester United player. Obviously, with the fixtures, though, and if you are a fixtures manager like me, you're going to be looking at them. So, for me, you know, with two free transfers this week, later in the week, if there's issues with Son, you know, maybe that will be a route to getting Ronaldo with two free transfers. It, it will be something I look at, but I'm not in a rush. I don't mind, you know, prioritising getting Manchester City midfielders instead and just foregoing Ronaldo for the time being. The question was, how would I rank those four attackers? So I'd have Ronaldo first, 
I think I would have Rashford second just as the out of position option and I think he's looked pretty sharp recently. Sancho and Bruno. I'm not overly keen on Sancho as an FPL prospect just yet so I'd probably have Bruno Fernandes in third and then Sancho in fourth but still could be lots of rotation there because Mason Greenwood was on the bench for that game at the weekend and there is a few other options also and we don't know how Ranić is going to you know, set up from week to week. There's no guarantee he's going to go in with the same system as he did in that Crystal Palace fixture. So to, for me, I think there's a good chance I'll, I'll go into game week 16 against Norwich without any Manchester United players. And to me, that that feels fine. Uh, but if I was buying one, I think Ronaldo was most likely. And then second is probably Dallow, but it'll be probably next week or the week after before I make that move. Question from DB. This was related to the first one. Is Dallow worth serious consideration given his price? He's got attack and threat and hopefully United can start to keep a few more clean sheets and he retains his starting position. So yeah, it still just feels a little bit early. You don't want to go and buy Dallow this week and then see Juan Bissaka in the starting 11 because you've used one transfer to get Dallow. Then you're going to have to use another one to get rid of him. So let's see him get one more start in the league then we can be more confident of buying him as a very cheap defensive option. And hopefully United do start to keep those clean sheets. It was encouraging in Ranić's first game to see them keep a clean sheet against Crystal Palace because Crystal Palace have been pretty good offensively this season. So encouraging signs, but it is just one game week and I still need to see a little bit more before I can confidently buy a Manchester United defender. And I've still got a lot of faith in, in the Chelsea guys. I'd rather buy a Man City defender over Dallow, you know, spend the extra cash and obviously the Liverpool guys as well. So it's still a case of I don't know if I have a spot in my team for a player like Dallow unless I sell Liveramento. Another question from Mark. If you've kept Kane this long, do you hold for one more week against a depleted Brighton defence or move to Ronaldo ahead of United's good run of fixture? So I guess, you know, the big caveat here is the COVID outbreak at Tottenham. It's probably going to be a developing story over the course of this week and by the time we get to the weekend we might not even have a Tottenham fixture so if ever you were going to be patient with your transfers it's this week because of the Tottenham situation and also lots of teams playing in the Champions League midweek as well. So if everything is clear by the time the weekend comes and if the Tottenham game is going to go ahead I still think it's a tough one to go from Kane to Ronaldo because Brighton do have those issues you know they could be without they are going to be without Dunk. I think Duffy's suspended and Webster could miss out as well. So, you know, three of their first choice centre-backs are out. So you would fancy Kane to get plenty of chances in that game. And Kane did have five chances at the weekend. It wasn't all doom and gloom. You know, I watched the highlights. He looked pretty decent. Had a few decent strikes at goal. There was one in particular that he should have scored. On another day, if that one goes in, if Kane gets two or three bonus points, people are definitely keeping him for Brighton. The thing about Ronaldo as well, you know, he's played the last couple of games. Could he be in line for a rest in the near future? Three game weeks to come in a week. So will Ronaldo start all of them? Probably not. So yeah, it's a tricky one. Uh, I think if I had no other problems in my squad and given it that there is COVID issues at Tottenham, I probably would go Kane to Ronaldo for the Norwich fixture. If you want to keep a premium striker, there's always the other option of selling Kane and getting maybe Man City midfielders instead or players like Jared Bowen or Jota if you don't have them. So yeah, monitor the Spurs situation and if everything's okay, I think Kane to Ronaldo is a pretty good transfer to make. Question from Sean Henderson. Is big at the back turning into big in midfield? Yeah, again, it's it's small sample size. Last couple of game weeks, defenders haven't been amazing, but that can change very quickly. I've still got a lot of faith in the likes of Rhys James, 
Marcus Alonso if he's fit and Cancelo also so I'm not in a rush to move away if I move into bigger in midfield it's probably going to be from my strikers you know losing a striker or two and getting a few extra midfielders to play you know maybe 4-5-1 or something like that that's what I might end up doing with my transfers this week so big in midfield does look good because we've got Salah and Jota you know Son's playing really well getting the points you know Rafinha's been doing the business as well but now you've got the likes of Bowen Bernardo Silva, Foden, there's loads and loads of options. You know, I think we would all, if we were building a, a squad from scratch this week on a wild card, for example, I think we'd probably all have five starting midfielders rather than having someone like Brownhill or Sissoko as the fifth one. So yeah, big in midfield looks good at the moment, but I still think it's a combination of of big at the back and big in midfield. Question from FPL Shoreham. This is the million dollar question. Silva, Foden or Gundogan? I watched the Manchester City game at the weekend and at the end of it, I decided I wanted all three of them. I don't have any Man City midfielders yet and I'm going to get at least one this week. There's a chance I might even buy two of them. And I think Silva, Foden and Gundogan are all fantastic FPL options. If I was to rank them, I still slightly prefer Foden over Silva. I know Silva's been the one doing the business and he's cheaper. But I still think Foden has the potential to get those massive hauls more often than Silva does. And I think, I, st- I do think with, with Silva though, he's, there's, there's, you can't really make a case anymore for not picking him. You know, Pep praised him again, said he's playing like he never has before. He's playing full of confidence, as we've seen with his second goal at the weekend. So Silva probably should be a priority for all of us. But I still think if, if I can only choose one, I'm very tempted to spend a little bit extra and get Foden, who I just think has the potential to, to score more points over the long term. And I may end up getting both. And Gundogan, I don't think you should rule him out. I think he's right up there with these two. He, you know, getting into good positions, good underlying numbers at the weekend as well. So yeah, I think all three are really, really good options. If I was ranking them, I would put Foden number one, Silva number two, and Gundogan number three, but there's very, very little between all of them. Question from Ishank. Should we stick with Rafinha or switch to an option like a Manchester City midfielder as the Leeds fixtures are very tough for the next few game weeks? So yeah, this is a decision I'm weighing up. Rafinha has been very good to me all season, but I think you can make a case now for either benching him for a couple of weeks or selling him because it's Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool in the next four. Leeds haven't been great this season anyway. I know Bamford's back now, which should help, but he'll probably take a wee while to get up to speed. He said himself in his interview that he was very rusty. So Rafinha, I think there's a good chance I'm going to sell him this week because he's my easiest route to someone like Foden, Bernardo Silva or Jared Bowen. I think I've got 1.6 million in the bank. So I have the option of even just making one free transfer this week, Rafinha out for a city midfielder or Bowen and then rolling the other transfer. So if I ended up keeping Rafinha this week, I think he'd be on my bench anyway. And I think there's a good chance I would bench him also against Manchester City. So if it's a case that I'm going to be benching him anyway, I feel like I may as well sell him for, for three or four game weeks and then bring him back in when the fixtures improve. So I think you can keep him if you want to keep him for the season. But I think it's also fine to let him go, get a good asset in who can get you points in the meantime and then go back to Rafinha in a couple of game weeks' time. Next question is from Mike Martyr. Is it time to say goodbye to Ivan Tony? He's out with illness for at least the Watford game and although he has good fixtures, his underlying numbers have been poor. I can't believe I'm saying this, but should we be looking at the Watford double up up top? So yeah, I think it is time to, 
say goodbye to Tony. I think the, the COVID issues is our excuse to let him go now. I watched his most recent game and I thought he was very, very disappointing. He didn't look fully fit to me. He did have strapping on one of his legs. So possibly there was an injury issue there before he picked up the COVID. So I think Tony has to go. The issue I'm having is where do you go? I've got Josh King already. I'm not overly keen on the Watford double up with Dennis. But I don't think it's the worst idea. You know, you're probably not going to start both of them anyway. You can have one of them on the bench. Then you've got the headache each week. Do I start King or do I start Dennis? Which is a difficult decision. So I think if I sell Tony this week as part of, you know, two free transfers or maybe even three for a minus four, I think the most likely thing I'm going to do is downgrade him way down to someone like Broya at five million and use that to turn Brownhill into a fifth starting midfielder so I'd be going from three starting strikers to two starting strikers so I'd have the option of playing you know four five one or three five two most weeks so yeah I think it is time to let Tony go question from FPL Gerald whose fixtures should we be targeting over the Christmas period so the teams with the best fixtures are actually some of the best teams in the league which is ideal we can bring in good players from good teams and they've got good fixtures for the next couple of game weeks. So your Man City's, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United and West Ham. Those are the top five teams to target for transfers over the coming game weeks. Question from Bundesliga managers. Should we consider Watkins with Villa's great fixtures? Fixtures are a little bit mixed. I wouldn't say great. It's Liverpool next, then Norwich Burnley, which is great. Then it's Chelsea and then Leeds. So... Like I said last week, fixtures wouldn't put me off getting Watkins. I think Watkins' owners were very unlucky not to get points at the weekend. Poor decision-making in the final third. Could have seen him get goals or assists in that game. Had a decent amount of chances. And he, and he looks he's looked good in every game I've watched of Villa since Steven Gerrard took over. So I think Watkins is right up there as one of the best cheap forwards at the moment. And the fixtures wouldn't stop me. But I think ideally you probably don't get him until after the Liverpool game. You get him in for Norwich and Burnley and then possibly keep him for the long term. Final question is from Keanu Jones. What are my thoughts on Armando Broya at Southampton? So yeah, Broya got the start at the weekend, and he looked really good, got his goal, and he had three or four very good chances in the game, which were saved. So hopefully that performance is good enough to keep him in the starting eleven. I still don't like the fact that there's three strikers at Southampton fighting for two places. I know he started all three of them maybe just once, so that's not going to happen again, most likely. So Broya, if you're buying him, I think it's for your subs bench. I don't think you want to be relying on him in your starting eleven. But like I said, if you're if you're wanting to move more cash into midfield or defence, you know Tony to Broya, I think is totally fine, uh, and just stick him on your bench. Captaincy and transfers now for the weekend. So game week 16 captaincy. I think it's the main man again. Mohamed Salah is at home to Aston Villa. He has blanked just once this season. It's three points if you captain Salah. So I am going to stick with him. I see no reason to go elsewhere. If you are someone who wants to go elsewhere, the other options this week, Ronaldo plays Norwich away, which I think is a good fixture. Small chance of... A benching scares me off Ronaldo a little bit, given that he's played the last two games. Manchester City are at home to Wolves. If you've got the likes of Foden, Silva and Gundogan, I think they are decent captain options as well. Chelsea play Leeds. Are you going to captain a Chelsea wingback or Mason Mount? I don't know how I feel about that. And Vardy plays Newcastle at home. I think Vardy is probably 
the second best option after Salah, given that he was rested midweek and he's playing Newcastle at home, which is one of the best fixtures of the season. So for me, pretty set on Mohamed Salah again. I don't see any reason to pick anyone else. In terms of transfers, I've got two frees and I haven't given it too much thought yet due to the Tottenham situation and the Champions League games taking place on Tuesday and Wednesday. My top targets are the Man City midfielders, Foden, Silva and Gundogan, and also Jared Bowen. I just think he's been amazing this season. West Ham are great and the fixtures are good. Players that are going to be possibly sold, Ivan Tony, very likely, Alonso, if he's not fit, Rafinha, because of fixtures possibly, and Hyungman Son, if he's one of the players with COVID. So there's lots for me to ponder later this week. It could be anything from just one transfer and roll on the other one to making three transfers for a minus four. So can't really decide on the transfers this week until we have more information. Best of luck for the game week, folks. There won't be a Friday episode this week because I'm in London on Thursday for the FPL show. And with it being a Friday deadline, I'm not going to have time to record a Friday episode. So the next episode will be on Monday because there's a midweek round of fixtures next week. So you will be getting two podcasts next week. You'll get one on Monday for the midweek fixtures and then you'll get one on Friday for the following weekend's action. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Talk to you on Monday, folks. Wishing you a green arrow. The Athletic.